friends in the industry. So let me start off by asking you a question. So have you ever played that telephone game, you know, where you literally sit down, there's a group of people, and the first person is whispering something to the second person. The second person heard the sky is blue. So that was the first comment. So from there, the second person then goes and whispers to the third person, third person to the fourth person. By the time that comment that was whispered from the fourth to the fifth that started off as the sky is blue literally turns into, did you know that cats watch TV when the homeowner isn't home? So with all silliness aside, the point of that analogy is that it doesn't take very long for one message to get so convoluted in such a way that it literally makes no sense. So the same can be said when we're communicating just a piece of advice and a policy in the workplace that the safety and the safety team needs the front workers to follow. The initial purpose of the policy could be X, but by the time it's actually read by a couple of workers, it comes out as B. So when an organization is looking to create the culture that thrives within operating the boundaries of compliance, how we communicate clearly is an essential component to the success of that. So I'm Josh Hanabry, your host here at the Truck Focus Podcast. And if this is the first time you've ever checked out the Truck Focus Podcast, I really want to welcome you to our community, but also to our dedicated listeners. Thank you so much again for your investment of time. I do really appreciate it. And it's just, it just means a lot. So today, super excited as I get to have one, my good friend back, Christine Van Essen, as well as our other friend, Carmen Gordon. They're both compliance leaders with one of the safest fleet or organizations, I should say, across North America. And during our conversation, we dive into the importance of communication when navigating through an organization's compliance requirements, but also the necessity for all levels of the workforce to be involved in the process. So that way you actually have a culture that thrives safely. So before we get started, I also want to give a huge shout out to today's sponsor, Compliance Box. So Compliance Box has been a sponsor and a huge supporter and advocate for the Truck Focus podcast. Super grateful for them. Compliance Box, it's a tool made by a national safety code auditor that makes generating and tracking important national safety code documents in an easy, effective, and efficient way. So I definitely encourage you to visit the compliancebox.ca. You can also start your free trial today. So I also look forward to the impact this conversation is going to have. Let's get to it. Okay, we're good. All right, Christine, Carmen, so stoked for our conversation today. Um, first off, Christine, welcome back to the Truck Focus podcast. I believe it was episode 54. You were gracious enough to come on, talk about a bunch of good stuff, which again, the show link for that episode's in the show notes, so check it out as well. Uh, but we also brought a friend, and uh, we're going to keep it as Carmen. Not, uh, we won't tease Carmen today, but uh, no, I'm really excited. I think uh, the conversation today is going to bring a ton of value because our industry right now, we're kind of going through a... An interesting time where we're really talking about culture, we're talking about mental health, mindset, compliance, and how do you really live in a culture and work in a culture that kind of, I guess, accepts what needs to be done and thrives in that environment. And yeah, Christina and Carmen are definitely people I respect in this space. And yeah, I'm just super grateful that you're taking time out of your day to come on the podcast. And yeah, just welcome. I'm super excited. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Good. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to say. So five bucks <laughs> each. And uh we're good. So just kidding. But um, Carmen, I'm going to put you on the spot first. So I like to start off any podcast conversation, really setting the stage of who you identify as. So if you can share a little backstory about yourself and highlight just some of your experience in the transportation industry, then Christine will go right to you after that. Sure. So my name is Carmen Gordon. I work for LTS or LedCorp Technical Services, which is one of the many divisions of LedCorp. 
I've been here for just over 10 years. I started in operations. Um, and then about seven years ago, I joined our fleet team. So at that point, I was just helping with acquisitions, disposals, maintenance, um, and driver support. And after a couple years of working with our vehicles, I started hearing more mention of NSC regulations and Schedule 1 and DVIR, and I had no idea what any of that meant. So I started asking questions. And I asked a lot of questions, got a lot of different pointing fingers, go ask this person, go ask this person. Uh, and then the more questions I asked, I think the more people got sick of me and finally said, hey, you should take this external NSC training course. So I did that. Um, and then after sitting there, I realized, I think we might be missing a couple components required for this NSC. So I came back to work after taking that course and thought I needed help within LEDCOR to help guide me and my division with NSC. And I found Christine. She was working for Highways, which is another division of LEDCOR at the time. And she was working at a Red Deer. So I called her up, introduced myself and told her I needed help. And she offered to come to Calgary and sit with me for a week and explain the rules, uh, requirements, and how we can kind of try and uh, do things better in our group. So that was awesome. And when she left, I was so interested in NSC. And now, fast forward, I am an NSC advisor for our LTS division. And we currently have carriers in Alberta, BC, Manitoba, Ontario, and I can honestly say, because of all this, like, I love my job. <laughs> good. good for you. Yeah, it's good to have you here. And what, so two things that really stand out, and we'll get to how we met um, here in a moment. But it, uh, I like that you weren't afraid to ask, because I think a lot of times you ask a question, maybe it's a no, maybe it's a, uh, why are you asking me that? And far too often, you're like, okay, I guess that's the way it is. But the fact that you could continue to ask and you're putting yourself in environments where you needed to ask for the organization to say, you know what, take some training. And you know what, ask some more questions. So I think that's really cool, but also highlights the progression opportunities in industry. And I think a lot of times safety and compliance behind the scenes, it's really unknown what opportunities actually exist, where maybe you start in admin, you start as a coordinator, then you work your way up to this and that and this and that. And it's nice to see again in a really good amount of time, you've been able to really progress. And I just, yeah, I really admire that. So again, welcome. And that's really cool. So it's good. Just, just to speak to her character, she is one that will question and question and question. And honestly, though, it it's helped create a better program. Uh, she pushes she pushes the limits, and I think that's that's what's awesome about her. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's a good compliment. Yeah, and that's again peer to peer compliments and encouragement. I think is really important. But it's nice that Christine, you can identify that because yeah. I think at times when you're when you are who you are, you kind of forget who you are. Like you're not, you don't, well, I'm speaking for you, Carmen, but I don't think you'd walk around and say, I miss this question. So I'm going to ask like, <laughs> you probably have your, your process to the madness, but when it's recognized and encouraged and actually utilized, I think that really does speak to the culture, which again is where we're going to go today. So I just really, I'm glad you shared that, Christine. Thanks for that. So, okay. Now it's your time. I know you've been waiting to speak, Christine. So why don't you uh, 
similar, um, I guess, background, experience in industry. And it's actually been probably at least six or seven months, I think, since last time you were here. So feel free to yeah, give us a rundown of what you've been up to. Well, I won't repeat absolutely everything because I think that was half our podcast. But um, I will say that, uh, like Carmen said, I, I started out in the highways division um, did that for about 10 years with, with their NSC program. Um, I really came in at the start of, of the program for, for LEDCOR as a whole, um, and then had the opportunity to move to our corporate shared service, which is LEDCOR Equipment Group. Um, so my role now is to basically um, oversee the entire uh, LEDCOR compliance program as well as just support um, divisions like Carmen's to kind of meet those NSC and, and compliance requirements. Good for you. Again, and I celebrated you big time last conversation and it's really cool because we're almost neighbors now. Mm-hmm. And again, you're a, a great North Star for people in the sense where it's like, what can be done in industry? Okay, well, I'll show you. And you're really gracious with sharing knowledge and information too. I think that was one of the first things like, so first huge shout out to Chris with Compliance Box and KCAN who collectively we have a great relationship with. And that was one of the first things that he did say is that Christine is not shy to share information that actually will help make a difference. And again, the fact that you've really worked your way up the company, you're overseeing lots of people and you're living in your area of excellence where you can say, yeah, I can help you with that. Yeah, great job with that. Hey, I recognize in that or that in you. Like, I think that's really special. And just again, being professionals in our space, in our industry, we're highlighting, I'd say the more positive opportunities within industry that aren't always showcased. So again, I just want to celebrate your profession and, and your or positions right within LedCorp thing that's really um, cool. I'm blushing, so it's yeah. awesome. She's been awesome, honestly. She's been awesome because she's rolled out NSC in a lot of our different branches of LedCorp, and also to give out a shout to Chris, he's the one I used to ask the questions to. He said, <laughs> Quit asking me so many questions and go and do this program. Yeah, so yeah that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. okay. That I that's. That went full circle then. Okay, yeah. awesome. Because yeah, he. I was actually in a meeting earlier today and um, we were talking about like the TPA program, third-party auditors here in Alberta. And he's always first to mind for me. And I'm like, the reason why though, is I'm like, he will gladly tell me why but then he can explain like six variations of why. So I actually understand what he's trying to say. And yeah, that guy is, he's a champion. So he's a champion for our industry and for people to succeed. So it's nice to see that obviously he's had that impact in you guys too. That's really cool. So being in position in compliance, um, we were all collectively in a course not too long ago that was uh, in polite terms. It was an ass kicker. Probably took me like three weeks after the second part for my brain to stop like bleeding. I was just like, man, like, why am I so tired? And I'm like, oh yeah, because I just spent a lot of time in something that we're all familiar with. And that's the crazy part is I think we all, like all the students left being like tired and we were all somewhat familiar with legislation with commercial vehicle requirements and the driver requirements. So part of that conversation and part of where you guys really shine is implementing within your own cultures, a compliant culture, a culture where people aren't afraid to ask questions. And for me, a big part of that is how we communicate. And I think both of you bring a different type of energy. And when you're an expert in something and you have high energy, people listen. So I was, yeah, I really want to spend some time in there today just talking about how important in your guys' perspective is how you communicate 
like when you're implementing policies, if you're working with professional drivers, what's your thoughts on that? So whoever wants to take lead first, I can ask a question first. So that way there's a little bit of structure. So Carmen or Christine, who wants to go, who wants to kind of run with that first? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, when we're talking, look, I can, I can attest to the fact that I was, I was exhausted after that. And like, I think I've taken enough courses to, I mean, I obviously don't know everything, but most of the time when I take a new course, it's um, okay. It's reaffirming things I already knew. Right. But this one <laughs> just kind of blew my doors away. Honestly, I don't even know if that's a saying, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> blew my doors off. <laughs> it is now. Uh, um so no i mean and and i yeah a lot of it was was around communication and just implementation and and uh i guess like the key components of our of our compliance program and how we communicate that i mean i think the number one thing with our culture and ensuring that um we create a positive culture is just hiring the right people um, I think there's an analogy that that has kind of stuck with me, which is, you know, um, getting on the right bus and finding the right seat. Um, so, you know, LEDCOR has a very strong safety culture. And so I think if you don't operate within the realms of that, uh, it's kind of like you're on the wrong bus. Um, and and sometimes, too, You'll have people who who are all for the culture and fit in with the culture, but maybe don't necessarily um, have the right position or the right seat. Um, so, we, you know, we talk about drivers, um, managers, supervisors, our SMEs and compliance. You have to find the right people. And I mean, Carmen is exactly the type of person that you want in a compliance role because she is so um, welcoming and friendly and warm. And and uh, that definitely helps create that that compliance kind of culture um, that people can speak up with. And and so I think, you know, not so much communication, but you start with hiring the right people that are going to listen. Right. And then I think moving on to kind of like our policies and procedures, I, I think, um, communicating that, uh, you know, concise with concise and clear content and, and, um, making sure, you know, you're keeping up with that. And, I mean, with our policies and procedures, they have to align with our, the regulations as well. Yeah. And then like this, the the piece to add on to that is once you have kind of those, those policies and procedures um, is communicating that and training and instructing. Um, so we have our internal training programs, but we also want to make sure that, um, you know, it's not like one and done kind of here's your, your training, here's the communication on it. Um, it's keeping up with that and, and any updates with regulations and, and making sure that um, we share that with, with our folks. And I don't like to stick to the same old training. I think we have quite a few different methods that we use to communicate. So we do um, quarterly uh, compliance newsletters out to the company. Um, we do toolbox talks, safety meetings. We 
um, get it on site and do that hands-on training. Um, we even have a Jeopardy game that we will use. We do. Yeah. Just to see if they're getting it. They're getting it. Yeah. <laughs> it also creates a nice competitiveness and opportunity for some recognition too. And then, and then kind of like that monitoring and auditing of that as well. So, um, you know, scheduling, scheduling points where you can actually do spot checks with your, with your drivers. So kind of mini level one CVSA inspections before they leave, they leave the yard. Um, and also scheduling monthly audits and going through driver files, hours of service records and vehicle files. And then Obviously, if you run into any issues, it's those corrective actions that you want to to work with your your drivers, your managers, your leaders, your SMEs to um, hopefully deal with. And sometimes one solution doesn't fit all. So it has to be a collective discussion with everybody. It's important to get their feedback, too, because we want to listen and there's certain things that they may not be able to execute in certain ways that we try and rule it out. So it's good to get that feedback so we can work together to try and figure it out and lay out that path. Yeah. Going forward. Yeah. Oh man, you hit so many good points. So I'll touch on that last point. And I often picture, so a dispatcher and operations team is saying, Oh, we're fighting this situation, but they're not willing to ask the person that's actually in the situation how they should actually solve the situation. Mm -hmm. So I think when you have a culture that is collective and it's progressive, you make people feel important because they are important. And I think that when you're trying to implement a policy and the person feels there's ownership in that policy, because, Hey, my profession as a professional driver, for example, helped structure this so that way I can still do my job. I'm not prohibiting myself. I'm following the law, but I'm doing it safer. That is right. You are bang on for sure. And I, that's probably the most creative approach. We're talking about different methods of communication because a lot of time it's here, read this and they'll stick a piece of paper with some tape on your forehead. And you're like, uh, (laughs) what do you want me to do with this? Because it's confusing. There's no clarity. You can tell nine people tried to create something. And then maybe one senior leader who had a little bit of an ego said, no, 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 change the and, and this. And man, you missed the boat. So yeah, being clever in your communication, I think is really good. So good, good shout out for you guys too, because again, that shows your leadership where you're willing to try something that's different. And I think the Jeopardy game would be fun because I'm really competitive. So I can see the some of these, they're, they're, they're awesome. And, and uh, yeah, I think again, it creates that, that open dialogue and you really, for us, it's like, okay, did the policies and procedures and the regulations, did it actually get through? Um, which is awesome. So. Yeah. So when you're talking about hiring the right person, and I really admire the bus analogy too, because I think a lot of times, like if you're hiring an 18 year old that's fresh out of school and they have no clue what they're good at, that's tough. But once you kind of have your, have your investment of time into the workforce, you kind of figure out, I like this. I don't like this. I'm kind of good at this. I'm not very good at this. So you can kind of navigate as a professional and be in environments where you're picking. Yeah, I'm actually really good in this space. But how is it from your recruitment team? Like you work closely with the recruitment team to make the right hire or how are you identifying that process? 
Yeah. I mean, definitely from recruitment to our supervisors or managers like Carmen and I, I mean, we will hire the compliance SMEs, but we don't hire, you know, our employees that are directly involved with, with, you know, whether it's driving the regulated vehicle or what it is. But um, I think with the managers being involved, making sure our managers are very aware of those requirements so that they can ask the right questions and make sure, you know, is this person going to be a good fit for us? Huge. To all of our managers that are listening or to all the people that want to be management, honestly, that's probably the best summary of the involvement and the level of involvement. Oh, that's so good because it's so true because I was, again, back to the meeting I was in earlier with my insurance guy. I was like, what frustrated me the most in safety, so health and safety and transportation safety is I would go, I would give a safety talk about not overloading flat decks. You can't put that much weight on a flat deck. I would literally leave the room and then the VP would say, do not listen to what he said. Keep doing what you're doing because it's making money. And that's a big challenge because, and I'm so grateful too, because Ledcor is a great company, but at the beginning, you don't know what you don't know. So again, we're hiring employees that driving is part of their job. They're not full-time drivers. So they're hired to do certain tasks, certain jobs that we have to meet deadlines on. So in the mix, there's us coming in going, oh, whoa, 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 on your way out there, we need to ensure this is done and this is done. So leadership buy-in is so important. And I think it took us a little bit to chip away, but we have a strong leadership at this point and they back us all the way. So that gives us a lot of confidence to go out and do our jobs and and uh, get that communication out to drivers, managers, all of our team. Yeah, that buy-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The uh, so when we're thinking about the long-term retention in industry, if you're you can be in bus number one or you can be in bus number two. And again, I'm speaking to our audience. I'm speaking to industry. And if you're in bus number one and the environment is be a workhorse, but break every law to get the job done, right. or you're in bus number two, where you can still be a workhorse, but you're strategic within your operations to comply with legislation. And I often speak on understanding the rules of the game. So you know the rules of compliance, which there's a lot, but you create your business structure within the boundaries of the law. I'm like yeah. you're winning ethically. Your retention rates are going to skyrocket. Your insurance and all your premiums are going to stay minimal because you're not over in bus number one, that's just chaos. So yeah, that's really good advice. And it's nice to hear, again, I watch people's faces. So those that are listening, hop on YouTube, check this out because I like when people's faces light up because it's, it's the, I call them passion moments. And Carmen, you're hitting them, Christine, you're hitting them because it's like, yeah, hey, you really care, but you know that your team collectively cares. So when you're in a culture as a worker, so if your boots on the ground, your frontline worker, and you're like, no, my supervisor has my back. That's like the best feeling. So it's just really nice to see. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. So in your experience, is there, I guess, a component of compliance that's easier to integrate than others? Have you found that? Uh, I mean, I'll just say it. I think anything to do with like documentation, policies, procedures, I think when you're dealing with kind of the paper side of stuff, I think those are the easy ones, right? Um I think you have the regulations. Uh, yes, it might take some extra effort to interpret them, but basically those are your guidelines. Those are going to be written within your policies and procedures. So um, I think that one's 
you know, a bit easier to manage. Um, and then also kind of the monitoring and auditing. I think it's just taking that time to schedule those spot checks, to schedule those audits, um, making it a priority. I think that's, you know, those are kind of the easier ones, in my opinion. Did you have any? Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, too, uh, I love ELDs. I love the electronic uh, inspections, those make it so easy to monitor as opposed to flipping through pages and pages of paper and checking everything out. I love the electronic versions. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff is easy. The more difficult things definitely would be well, driver behavior or everybody kind of having their own take on the rules and regulations. Um, yeah, I I think any time you... You, you have people involved that can get more complicated and difficult. But I mean, in my opinion, the most rewarding aspect of our jobs is the people side. So sure. I think um, Carmen kind of um, touched on it a bit, but like our drivers are hired for a multitude of services. We, you know, they're hired to install fiber optic, they're hired to lay pipe, they're hired to plow snow, to transport wood chips. And so, you know, the operation of a regulated vehicle is, is there, but it's not the typical, we're not the typical trucking company. So when we hire these drivers or these employees and we explain, you know, okay, these are the requirements per compliance. I mean, to, you know, it kind of, kind of blows their mind a little bit and can sometimes feel like a roadblock to them getting work done. Yeah. And so, I mean, it can kind of come out as a negative. Um, so, you know, there's going to be situations when it comes to driver behavior and things like that, where you're not going to get away from some, you know, potentially disciplinary action where you have like driver risk reviews or, um, you know, potentially suspensions or terminations due to severe, severe negligence kind of things. But I think we try to incorporate uh, a, a bit of a recognition or positive reinforcement. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's easy to focus on the negative and, and compliance can be seen as negative, but like, let's add some positive yeah. aspects to that. So, you know, when we do that monitoring and auditing, you know, we we pull a, a driver for a spot check and they do well. Let's give them a gift card. We we on our compliance newsletters, we highlight a a um, a driver that's doing exemplary compliance work for us. Um, we during our monthly audits, we provide gift cards or swag, or we go out to site and Carmen will bring a bunch of swag and ask questions. And so now we're trying to create, I guess, that positive reinforcement for kind of those harder to manage aspects of the compliance program. And that's a fun part. Yeah, it's that fun. Is. And it, it gets us engaged with the, the employees and they'll look for us because they're looking for their stuff. But um yeah, it's important to recognize the goods that they're doing. Yes. Yeah, there's uh, multiple studies on recognition and the power of recognition. And oftentimes recognition is honestly more valuable to a person than money. And especially yes. in, the, in an appropriate environment. So being recognized in a newsletter, especially something that they as a person can keep, 
it's like oh, the domino effect is is huge with that. And I know, Christine, you spoke last time too on spending time like with the drivers in their environments and the yeah. stories that they would share. So it's the same thing when they know you're there because there's reasons to be there and good behavior, good behavior, good results means some form of recognition. What do you think that's doing to your culture? Well, I want more. I want more of that because it's a spot check. Always. It's random. So yeah, Always. really smart, really smart. And yeah. we learn from them too. Oh, yeah. It's just when you're engaged with them, we learn so much. And even sometimes stuff we can take back to other groups or so it's so important, but it's a fun part too. I think yeah. that's one of the main reasons I love my job. Yeah. And I think one of the aspects, and I don't know if I've said this before, one of the aspects of my job that I don't enjoy is actually the auditing because it's tough for me to, again, create that negative kind of persona um, so when I actually have groups that say, Hey, come out to site, we want to see you to me, that's like the best recognition I could have. And I'm so happy that I've created those, those sorts of relationships with our people. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. And I'm a huge component for that or an advocate, I should say for that too, because yeah, being able to celebrate someone and their profession in their environment, man, that is like just Makes you feel good as a professional and as an industry advocate that I know you guys are. I think that's really key. So, the um, speaking on behalf of, I'll speak on industry. Doesn't we can keep the conversation more than just professional drivers? But what would you say you're most grateful for for the industries that we're in? If that's professional drivers and what they do, if it obviously you guys are massive and you deal with lots of different components. So if it's the infrastructure that you help build for society, but what would you say like in your area of transportation and construction stuff that you're most grateful for? Oh, wow. Um, in our company, I guess the relationships, the people I'm grateful for, um, the opportunities that we have and uh, the constant learnings for our program. Um, gosh, my job, I'm really grateful for. <laughs> yeah, honestly, we wouldn't have jobs if it wasn't for for our employees actually doing the work. We are the support role, right? We want to, to help them succeed, but at the end of the day, it's them actually performing the work. And I think we ask a lot of our employees and our drivers and for them to do it safely, um, I'll have the utmost respect for. Um, yeah, I, and like Carmen said, I mean, we wouldn't be here without, without them, so. Yeah. That's so huge. And yeah, again, I just really, anytime I can hear people, why they're grateful and what they're grateful for. I like it because I resonate with a lot of that. So I'm glad. And I'm just really grateful that you guys were obviously able to take the time today to hop on the podcast. So before we wrap up, one of my, I call them a staple question, but one of my favorite questions to ask is when we talk about legacy, we talk about impact. And when I'm talking about legacy, anyone that's ever checked out a podcast before, and Christine, we've been here before. I'm not talking about when you're gone like when you're dead, which is too morbid for me, I want to know your, your mindset. So you enter a room, you engage with people, you leave a room. How did you leave that room? So that to me is legacy because then you have to be intentional. So my question is, what is your, like, if you're reflecting right now, I know it's on the fly, but when you're reflecting on your impact that you're having on your teams and with people, obviously in the field, are you aware of the legacy that you're leaving? And what do you feel that legacy is? Like, what do you feel people are like, oh, Carmen and Christina here, this is awesome. Or is it, oh crap, them again. But what, uh, what do you feel is your legacy in that space? Um, I think I'm super lucky to be in the position that I am. I don't 
like there's, I don't take that for granted. I think every single day I, you know, before I step away from my computer or, or get off site, I'm thinking to myself, you know, did I provide some sort of benefit to, to my job, to my organization, to the people I work with? Um, and I guess within my position, I think one of the things that sold me for my my role in my position is just the fact that I have this ability to create my legacy through the compliance program. I've been, you know, my manager is amazing. He's given me full autonomy to do what I need to do. And that in itself is literally the compliance program for LedCore. So I, again, I, that pressure is on. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I, I do them proud and I do the organization proud, but that to me is like every single day I'm reflecting on that and, and asking myself, you know, am I, am I providing benefit? Is this working? So that's, that's my legacy. Man, that's a good answer. Yeah, it is a good answer. Honestly, I just want to say we didn't have any NSC folks here before, like none. So, well, Chris was, had a big role, but Christine came in and took the role that she did, and we had no compliance people. Tell me how many compliance people we have right now. I think we have like 13. I think you're hiring some more. So, uh, so and when did we start? Uh, 2019. 2019, there was no compliance people. 2018? You're leaving a legacy. <laughs> yeah. 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 What? Yeah. But honestly, I would not be able to be as well integrated with operations if it wasn't for for Carmen, honestly, in her division, because she's built such a great reputation within her division and she can vouch for me. That makes my way of coming into it. No, honestly. (laughs) Good. Yeah. We love our jobs. Yes. <laughs> That's so good to see. Yeah. So powerful. What about your legacy? Yeah. It's my legacy. I, I don't like, I hope that people are, are gaining from me coming out and having visits and training and, and the communications. And like right now, our team's, in my division are uh, building out a lot of self-perform operations. And I just hope that they can continue to grow and build and add people into those builds because it wasn't a very big portion before. So I'm just hoping that we can continuously do it and do it safely. And uh, gosh, I, that's all I got. So good. Honestly, I'm just, I'll use the word impressed without sounding fluffy because I don't want to uh, take away from the moment, but I'm really impressed. And again, I know we have our friendship, which really helps, but when turning on a camera, hitting record, it can be a little nerve wracking, but the fact that you guys just crushed it and the fact that you're literally crushing it every day in your environment and you're actually making a change in the life, that's powerful. I just, yeah, I'm really impressed and really encouraged because again, when I'm speaking with industry and I'm trying to reach the industry, it's nice that I can say, no, 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 hold on. There are so many opportunities. You just have to ask questions. You have to be willing to say, hey, you know what? I've never done this before, but I'll go take training. I'll go figure it out and I'll let my brain bleed literally for three weeks after the fact because it was so tough. 
But I think that's honestly something that just, again, as professionals in this space, we can advocate for. So if somebody is having a bad day or they're questioning their career direction, it's just like, well, keep your eyes wide open because there are so many opportunities and you guys are living proof of that. And anytime I see people doing really well, I identify as a North star. I'm like, okay, if they can do it, others can do it too, because they're leading the way. So I think that's really special. And yeah, I'm just super grateful that we could obviously make our episode happen. And I'm glad that it wasn't as boring. I was a little nervous, but no, I'm just kidding. I knew we You're had nervous, fun. You're nervous, exactly. <laughs> and her out of call, she's good. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. You guys are just phenomenal people. And again, thank you so much for taking the time. And a huge shout out again to Chris with Compliance Box, Kate Can, just because he really has set the way. And yeah, it's just nice to see how that went full circle. So again, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you guys hopping on. This was wonderful. Well, thanks, Thank Josh. you so much. It's fun. Good. I'm glad. Okay. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Christine, Carmen, honestly, thank you so much for all the value that you shared in our conversation today. I really admire the culture that both of yourselves and your team collectively have built to operate such an, and well, I guess provide such an influence while empowering others to operate within the boundaries of compliance. I think that's super incredible. And when you spoke about all the levels of management being involved in the support and the buy-in that also your frontline workers have with, say, we're talking required policies, but then you're spending time celebrating their compliance success. Honestly, that's a huge win for our industry. And I really think that your team would really value that. So again, thank you so much for sharing your best practices. Another huge takeaway for from our conversation is the fact that you've had such a progressive career, both of you, and you're both asking questions, you're taking training, and you're ultimately creating such a pivotal impact. I'm just so grateful. So thank you so much again. Again, a huge shout out to Compliance Box for today's sponsor. Really appreciate it. And again, I'm just super grateful that you took the time to hop on the podcast. So if this is the first time you've ever checked out your, the Truck Focus podcast, again, I really want to welcome you to our community. And to our dedicated listeners, thank you so much for your continued investment of time. Just truly appreciate it. I do ask that you like this episode, but also that you share it out. Because again, Christine and Carmen shared a ton of value today that I believe others need to hear. But also ask that you subscribe to the channel you're listening to. That way you're notified of all upcoming content because we do release content at least once a week. And again, thank you so much, Compliance Box, for your ongoing support. Really value the fact that, yeah, you were mentioned throughout the conversation. And Chris, the impact that you collectively have had on Carmen's career career, Christine's career, my career journey, everything, just it's awesome. So again, you can learn more about Compliance Box by visiting compliancebox.ca. Highly recommend that you get started for free today and just, yeah, great tool, great resource. And again, thank you so much. So as always, let's create a pivotal impact. Bye.